0: I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Well, hello, family. I would sing the Barney song, I Love You, You Love Me, but I'm afraid that that's copyright. That's why I just said it and not sang it, but yo, what's up? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So what's better than one doctor in the room? Two. So excited to have Dr. D with me today, who I've actually been on her podcast. Y'all, I got to go check that one out. I'm going to drop the link to go check out that show in the notes. But yo, first gen friend is here. Dr. Dolores Darko. Did I say that right? You said it
1: perfectly. I'm
0: so proud of myself because I was like, I was always, I'm always scared to say her name, but I'm looking at it and this is what I see. So check, look, check at me because sometimes I massacre the names and don't mean to. And I have a name that people massacre too. So
1: (laughs) how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited. You know, I've been a fan of the First Gen Lounge for a long time since I found it on Instagram. So I definitely feel honored to be able to be a guest on here.
0: My gosh, look, I am the one who's honored to have you here because you are such a dynamic, very powerful, just genuine person who I have adored knowing. So thank you for pouring to me like you do and for seeing my light, but I'm fanning over you too. So I'm kind of like, go ahead. Cause I'm like, you know, go ahead, Dolores in the background, like go ahead. So that's, that's how I am. But look, so, so, so great to have you here. And you've been through quite a few transitions as of late. One, especially being that when we first met, you were, we are becoming mm-hmm. and you are now flourished with Dolores. But we will get into that for sure, because I just love, you know, thinking about we as people, especially as first gens, just elevating and and discovering ourselves and shifting, you know, all beautiful things. But tell us who you are, you know, given them your name, but tell us who you are. Tell us, you know, what you do and, and why you exist, you know?
1: Oh, I love that. I love the why you exist. Wow. So I am first and foremost, a lover of Christ. Um, I love Jesus. I am an ambitious, super quirky person who just loves to chase after my purpose. And I love to try to discover what that is and live in my purpose. I notice that when I don't feel aligned with it, when I'm not Feeling like I'm being a service to humanity, I'm like all thrown off. Like, God, what am I doing? I'm not living in my purpose. So, That's who I like to say that I am in terms of why I exist. I exist to hopefully, well, not even say hopefully, I'm going to just stand in it. I exist to inspire young people to embrace their journey. And every time I say embrace your journey, I'm also talking to myself, reminding myself to embrace my journey. And being a first-gen student, it's, it's really difficult because we don't have a lot of examples before us, at least ones that we personally know. So when it comes to embracing our journey, we kind of create that image in our head of what that looks like. And then when it doesn't work out, that's when all of the, you know, low moods or depression comes in. So I'm here and I'm existing to be able to share my truth and share the truth of other young professionals to show, like, it's okay, We are still becoming. And Mm -hmm. um, that's that's life. So, yeah. Mm, I'm I'm here for that.
0: And the way you answer that question so gracefully, like when you know who you are, you know who you are. That's why I knew I could drop that on you (laughs) because you are intentional in your work and you've made that very clear, very, very clear. So even thinking about, you know, your work with young people, how has that been for you? And what in your work are you doing? You know, if you were to explain it to somebody you just met on the street.
1: Yes, so I would start by telling them why I started. So, Mm -hmm. in full transparency, because that's how I roll, I started my brand because I was so unhappy with my job. Mm -hmm. I worked really, really hard to get my doctorate, similar to you, which is why I so identify with your story. But I worked so hard to get my doctorate, so hard to be the first in my family to have that, to be able to be an example. And then I start this job that I'm thinking is my dream career, and I'm not being treated fairly, and Mm. it's just not what I thought it was going to be. And as I did some, you know, self-reflections, I knew part of it was because of the way I was being treated. But the other part was the self-expectations that I had or the expectations that I had for my career and my job and what that looked like and being so stuck in my plan. So mm-hmm. I started talking to some of my line sisters. I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha. Sorority incorporated. I started talking to them and, you know, their lawyers and, and all these different careers. And they were feeling the same way. But then mm-hmm. I was like, yo, we look on Instagram and all y'all look perfect. All of us look perfect. Like we're completely happy. But we're not telling these stories of, You know, there's moments where we're unhappy with our jobs or the dream thing that we thought we were going to accomplish didn't come true. You know, Instagram is a highlight reel. So I wanted Hmm. to find a way to share with people that, you know, it's a journey and we're still becoming. And although we have successes, although I'm called Dr. Dolores Darko, it's great. But there's been some ups and downs in my journey and the ups and downs continue as I journey through life. And as I was trying to identify how to even do that, because I didn't want to just, you know, spew negative stuff on social media to combat, you know, the highlight reel. I figured that the beauty of it would be telling the stories of other people who were similar to me or, you know, gone on different paths to make these stories more real of you know the struggle is real the adulting struggle is real Mm -hmm. and you know that is so important to me because I just picture the 24 year old girl who just finished her master's who's beating herself down because her life doesn't look like what she's seeing on social media and Mm -hmm. so my hope is that that person listens to my podcast and is like oh okay well she's going through post-grad depression too Okay, so I'm I'm normal. I can identify with this, so that's that's definitely why I started. We are still becoming, and then eventually I transitioned it to flourish with the wars. The same same concept. And so you podcast. What else do you do? So I podcast. I YouTube. So the YouTube part YouTube. of my brand. Yes, it started with my listeners saying that they wanted to see more of me. And Hmm. I realized I wanted to do it in a way that because I love visual aids. And so I got into YouTube because I wanted to show more of me uh, visually. But then also, if I'm putting any resources up, I wanted to actually show people what I'm doing, what it looks like. So that's the YouTube aspect of my brand. I'm actually going to be starting a Facebook group for millennial couples because I want to start normalizing Mm -hmm. that love and that struggle for young couples. And so with that, I'm going to be doing virtual date nights. I'm going to be providing resources and then allowing us to be a community that provides resources to each other because for me, I didn't have a lot of examples of healthy marriages. I knew I wanted to get married, but I didn't know what that looked like. Hmm. And even for those who have had examples of healthy marriages, you know, the way that our parents or our grandparents, like the world they experienced is so different from the world that we experience. So it's almost like you end up naturally becoming first gen in marriage because, you know, it's first time you're doing it. And then the other things I do professionally, I, I think I kind of highlighted on it. I work in higher education. So Mm -hmm. I work in student affairs for a university in New Jersey. And doing higher ed was what I thought was going to be my first love. And now it's changing. I'm not sure. And it's scary to not be sure if I want to work in higher ed for the rest of my career. But my passion for higher ed really stemmed from, again, being first gen and seeing how important it was to have, you know, staff, people who were on college campuses, really cared about helping first gen students graduate, because it's one thing to make it into your college campus, but it's another thing to graduate. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. see only 30% of Americans have a bachelor's degree. So I got into higher ed because I really wanted to, you know, change that narrative and see more people not waste their money in college and, you know, drop out without a degree, but really get the support they deserve so that they can finish. So I'm still very passionate about it. I just don't know what it looks like in terms of in the future, what my contribution will, will be to it. And again, that's another reason why you, you know, inspire me because you you found a different twist in it. So those are some of the things I'm, I'm doing. See, I told y'all she was dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: cause look, I mean, what you're doing is not like, and you make it sound so easy. Let's just be for real because you're like, oh yeah. And I just have the YouTube channel and I just do the podcast and I just work in higher education. Like, no, 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 no. That's a lot of work. And then to still be, you know, working on this millennial marriage thing, which I am all for. So you got me with that. Like, just tell me what to send my money. I got you, because it's important to think about everything you said. Is so spot on. I'm like, yes, yes, Doctor D. Yes, like I can relate. Um, just in a way of professionalism and getting there, and like you said, just maybe this isn't it. And then to feel that disappointment, right, and the disappointment coming from. I'm letting my family down by not doing this thing that I'm supposed to be doing, but you just really have to like tune into yourself and be like, well, what do I really want to do? And why am I really here? And I think that it's really important that you talk about the purpose, but even opening up an Avenue for you to still tap into that other side of yourself. That's creative and find that fulfillment, but still take care of home, you know, by working um, professionally, but Since you even brought it up, let me just ask you, how then are you able to stay grounded professionally, knowing that you have had some uncertainty or have some uncertainty, you know, now about if this is a path that you want to stay on?
1: It's definitely not easy. Just a couple months ago, even like a month ago, I was crying every single day. Hmm. Because I was just so unhappy with work and just asking God, like, what is my purpose? Like, why do you have me here if I'm just facing all these challenges? And so it's not easy. And I was at the point where I was going to, you know, it's no secret. I told me it's my job. Like, I was serious. Like, I was going to put in a two week notice. And what helped me not do that was that I prayed on it. And then my husband and I met with our financial advisor and we met with our premarital counselor to talk about how that could impact our marriage, like me, you know, kind of up and leaving my job without a plan. Hmm. And then what I really had to do was a lot of mental work. So it was undoing a lot of the, I'm going to be a vice president one day and Hmm. I'm going to do this, like undoing the image that I had for myself and knowing what my plan for my life is and letting that go and letting God take over and just trusting God that, I don't know what my plan is, God, but I'm trusting you and I'm letting it go because I think when I was holding so on to knowing or having control over where my life was going, it was driving me crazy. Like I was crying every day. So now my job, like, I mean, I still do good work. I'm an ethical person. I'm always going to go hard for my students. At the same time, I'm putting myself first. So 4.30, I'm out. Anything that is extra that doesn't sit well with me, I say no, and I'm sticking up for myself, and that that was very hard for me, especially being really young in my field, being a black woman, and I would be afraid to say no because one, I didn't want to get judged, and two, I you know had my headset on. I want to be a vice president, so I was being a people pleaser so I could hopefully get to that. And now, now I'm like I'm good, and I think it, I'm able to truly say I'm good with people pleasing at work because I let go of the plan or the idea that I had for myself. If I become vice president organically, then cool. All right, God, we did it. If I don't, all right, God, we did it. Because I trust that whichever way God has for me, we're going to be good. And I don't have to compromise my sanity for it. So that's mm. like a lot of like mental, a lot of mental work to get there. Mm. And it's a lot of mental work, I imagine, to stay there, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Every day I
0: have to remind myself. <laughs> you good. right? <laughs> you, you good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You said a couple of things that really have intrigued me, and I want to dig into them. That you and your husband talked to both the financial advisor and the marital counselor before mm-hmm. deciding to leave. That's pretty major. I can't tell you I hear that much, and especially not from people of color. I, I don't know every person of color. I know that, but I want to dig into that. How did you even have that conversation with him to think I want to change jobs, I want to change my career? Because you think about. You are in a partnership, a long term committed partnership. So this applies to people who are married or not. You know, if you're in any kind of arrangement where you're with someone else, how do you have those conversations about the course of your life and what you do together? Because I'm like, oh, y'all did that.
1: Yes, yes. And this is going to sound so crazy, but a lot of it was inspired by you you know, when you were on my podcast a couple months ago, I think I shared some with you, but I was, Mm -hmm. I was, you know, in the midst of crying every day, being so miserable. So my husband Mm -hmm. was seeing that, like, how can we get her out of this? And I'm like, I just need Mm -hmm. need to quit. And then, you know, he grew up seeing healthy relationships. So he knew all about, you know, the importance of us having discussions before making decisions. Whereas for me, I probably would have been like, you know, I'm going to kind of do what works for me. So I do appreciate having someone who, you know, puts that in front of us that we need to work together. But then also because we're, we've only been married for three months and we weren't going to get married until next year, but because of COVID, we kind of had to change our plans. So because we're so new in this, we knew that we couldn't make that decision on our own. And then as a man, he was also struggling with I want to feel like I'm providing for her and that she can quit because this is mentally affecting her. Mm. But at the same time, I don't want her to fall into a place where she's unemployed so long that another form of depression kicks in. So as a husband, what do I do? And so Mm. a lot of that came from us just not knowing what to do or how to navigate it and then seeking advisors for that. And then, like I was saying earlier, a lot of it was also inspired by you. So when I was asking you, like, well, how did you prepare to quit your job? You were giving me ideas when you talked about, okay, where are my finances? And then you talked Mm -hmm. to your husband. So that's why there's such a beauty in sharing stories, because if you didn't share that story, I wouldn't know where to start. And then also, I feel like you gave me permission to not have to become a vice president. And that was okay because I've never... I didn't know anybody who was similar to me in getting a doctor very young, having similar goals, and then walking away from it because of her mental health. But not mm-hmm. only walking away, but then creating her own. And as someone who's also a creative, and I had my brand, but I just didn't know what to do with it or how it could look, or if I could even become an independent business. Like hearing some of your story, all of your story was just so inspiring for me to be like, I can do this. Like, it doesn't have to be higher red in terms of me going to a certain university every day it could look different and you really helped me see that it can look different and although I'm not like saying peace out to my job today it just gave me that permission I think that kind of alleviated the feeling of I have to do my job I have to be here and now there's so much freedom in not feeling like you have to do something and Mm. I think that as soon as I turned off that switch like I don't have to be here so we didn't decide for me to quit but we did put in a plan, like, if I do need to, this is what our lives are going to look like. So now I go to, to my job every day knowing, like, I don't have to be here. I mean, I'm not walking with that mm. attitude and not doing my work. I still, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but just knowing in the back of my mind that, like, I'm not stuck to this. I don't have to. I'm choosing to be here because it just works for right now as I build my, my business on this side. But if I needed to, if it got any worse or if someone, you know, like, I could, I could, come out and I would be okay. So yeah, that was, that really helped us. Mm.
0: You know, nobody told you to just, just pull up these heartstrings of the mind today and you just never know how conversations you have with people are going to shift perspective. And you're right that us talking and just sharing and being vulnerable and being open is where the impact comes from Mm and how we perceive our lives because I'm, I am just moved <laughs> I am just, just moved and so grateful that again we have connected and are able to be vulnerable and to help each other as women to grow and to be able to say I see you sis Not it's not competition to collaborate because we both understand we have to do this thing called life together right. and you know to the point that you said and I'm just so stuck on because it's something that I've been trying to preach to everybody around me but you don't have all the answers and rather than you saying, I don't have the answers, so I'm just going to stay stuck and I'm just not going to do anything. You were like, who can help us? Not who can help me? Who can help you? Who can help us to navigate this decision together? And then to think y'all are just three months in for marriage, but already Working in such a team dynamic that I'm like, my gosh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful because though you didn't have that growing up, he had it. But he understands it and is nurturing in that way. And I'm just gonna say it like this because it is what it is. A good man is a man who loves his wife, good and bad, but also recognizes where he's strong and where he also has his weaknesses, and is willing to work together to see the best for them. And I, I, so I love what you said. Like, that's how, that's when I feel like, oh my gosh, he did what? Yes. And it's not that it's a surprise, but he reminded me of my husband. <laughs> like, for like, I hadn't even met your husband yet, but I'm like, he, he, he did the same thing. Eve, you are not in a good place. And I recognize that. And it's my, my job, you know, so he feels to make sure that I'm good. Like, no matter what, even if that means it may inconvenience us slightly, we can figure it out. So... I really look forward to what you're going to do with the millennial marriage thing. Like, I can't wait to yeah. see that because the foundation, my gosh, but yeah. But in, and then the seeking advice, I love advice. <laughs> people like, you know, it's not that I don't know how to critically think, right. And it's not that I don't know how to figure things out on my own or how to read a book, but there's something about the wisdom you get from other people who have been through something that you imagine that you'll experience or are aspiring for That cuts the learning curve and eliminates some of the pain. Right. Kudos to y'all for
1: that. I love that. Thank you. And you. And speaking of advice, you said that on our episode on my podcast that you know it's it's one thing to take advice, but you have to then kind of shape it into how it can work in your own life. And Mm -hmm. while I was asking you, well, how did you do this and how did you do that, Mm -hmm. I also remember that that was something that you would ask your mentors. You wouldn't ask your mentors you know, what should I do? You would ask your mentors, how would you handle this situation? Right. And then you would then go and take it and see how it fits for your time. So, you know, that also gave me permission to do that, which was great.
0: Mm. Well, you know, you're giving me permission right now to just continue to say true to who I am because we were just having Ooh. a conversation, you know, just two homegirls talking. <laughs> That's all it is. Just like right now, we're just talking and catching up, but also just sharing, you know, with those who decided to come and kick it with us, which I'm like, man, so look, y'all, listen, this is the power of having people in your life who see your light, but are also willing to pull you out of darkness, even in times when you don't even know you're experiencing it, because while I knew from the conversation that it was a tough time for you, I didn't realize how bad it was, and I'm like, man, I remember when that was me, mm-hmm. and so I'm glad that we were able to, you know, connect and to share. You know, this is making me think about uh, right now, just how do you, you know, when connecting with other women, especially other women of color, how do you open yourself up to connecting with them? How do you know that it's right? Because I'm sitting here just thinking, like, man, here we are, two highly educated black women, first generation, you know, career oriented, we're married, and it's so easy for people on the outside looking in to think that we should be competing. But how do you keep your mind open to being able to collaborate? And then I did hear you slick drop the AKA in there earlier. I was like, she did that real smooth. <laughs> Look, I mag, I love it. I, I love it. I really do. But, you know, how, how do you do that? Because I know that can be a challenge, especially for other younger women who are growing up. And all they see is everything should be a competition. You're on social media and it's who's got more likes, more follows, more blah, blah, blah. And it's just it's it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I feel like that competition mindset is just so toxic because we can do so much more if we just work together, you know? And so that's always been my belief. And I don't know if it's, you know, a part of my upbringing and the whole, you know, it takes a village ideal that I kind of grew up with, or if it's just because like I genuinely feel like I'm winning when I see other Black women winning, because mm. if I see that, you just booked a gig that you're going to be getting paid from this company for $15,000 or whatever. Now I'm seeing, okay, Eve did it. Boom. I could do it because Hmm. someone who looks like me did it. So for me, like I've always loved seeing black women win because one, we don't get to see it enough. And I Hmm. think for some people, that's where the competition comes because we don't see it enough. They think that it can only be one of us. So we have to compete. But for me, it's like the more of us are winning that we can continue to push the needle. So I love collaborating with Black women. I I do recognize that every Black woman, because of whatever their upbringing or whatever their ideals are, that whole competition feel, aren't going to feel that way. So I have reached out to other women where either they don't respond, but then I'm like, it's okay. There's other people. And I feel like just putting yourself out there if you see someone who on Instagram, you know, speaking to the listeners, if you see someone on Instagram, who's, you know, has your type of vibe and is doing something that you want to be doing, reach out. And if they don't respond, that's okay. (laughs) You know, Mm. I think sometimes we forget that this world is just so big and there's going to be someone else that you can connect with, but do not hesitate to reach out. And I've had young black girls reach out to me saying like, Hey, I see you have an MSW. Like, do you have any advice for me I'm getting mine and I love that I'm like yes thank you for asking like tell me about yourself so I can you know kind of give you some suggestions that fit for you but there are people out there like that and it may take a couple messages a couple may not be responded to or or read but you know don't beat yourself up about the people that don't respond because do you really want someone in your life that isn't responding anyway? No. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of set that up to as a win. Like, okay, well, that's one less person I don't have to deal with that's not going to be genuine. But definitely reach out because there's just so much beauty we can do together. And I think that... History has shown that we can't do it alone, and we see other cultures, you know, bind together and only hire, you know, themselves. Asian cultures do that all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't go into a Chinese restaurant asking for a job being, you know, not Vietnamese, depending on what kind of a restaurant it is. And so, other cultures do it, and I think that you know we have to, we should, because we can go so much further together. Mm, yes, Lord.
0: Uh, like you, yeah. you're right. You, you're so right. And you know, to that point, I'm going to say something I was talking to a friend about the other day and you, you, I'm sure you're going to feel me on this. I look at some of the other groups of entrepreneurs who are a little further along in their career than I am. And what I noticed is they work together to build wealth. Here's an example. There's a, a lady who does online marketing that I'm familiar with, a white lady. And she used to work with this, um, infamous, white guy who's a speaker that a lot of people know okay Mm -hmm. she dropped a course i want to say this week or last week sometime but there were four thousand people that enrolled in her course wow at a minimum of 1997 a pop wow okay so i don't do math that fast but that's a few a lot of money (laughs) that's a, a lot of money so she made more money literally in a week than some people will make in a lifetime more money in a week than some people make in a year, more money in a week. So just thinking about this thing and I've seen it done before with somebody else, but, and I saw it done this year, earlier this year to where I think this lady maybe have grossed 11, maybe 12 million off this class. And that was at minimum. So that's just, if you pay the full cost, but if you do payments, it's about 15% more. So again, you can do the math. But what I noticed with this particular group of people that I've been watching, because I'm not in a circle, you know, it's just like, they work together to feed into each other's dreams, to yeah. feed into each other's businesses, to their careers and to their platforms, which then translates to something more positive and powerful, not just for them, but for everybody who's involved. Because right. I'm thinking, even if I'm doing an affiliate program and I'm offering 50% of whatever I'm getting, I'm still, if I've made 12, 12 million, I'm still getting $6 million, right. you know? So to that point, it does take a village. And so with you saying that, just as you inspire me and you connect with me and you cheer me on and you like support me and you check in, those are things that help me. You are part of my community. But even from a business perspective, hey, Eve, I'm going to put you on to this. Well, hey, Dolores, I'm going to put you on to that. And we help each other grow because we cannot do it by ourselves. And there are how many billions of people in the world, there are so many people to be served. I can't serve them all. You can't serve them all. But we can do what we can do in our strengths and serve as many people as we can. Because I was reading a book recently that even said, it's not your responsibility to save the world, but to do what you can to save what part of the world you can and to be a part of the work that's done to contribute to the larger picture. So I loved your thoughts about collaboration. And you're right. If they don't answer, OK, bye. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> oh my no love lost, because that means we are not in the same wavelength. We we don't have the same energy and we're not going to, you can't help me get to where I got to go, but neither can I help you get to where you have to go because we don't share the vision.
1: Right. And I think we forget that, you know, we all have our own secret sauce. Like I will never be Dr. E. Hudson, like never, like I don't have your secret black girl magic. You don't Mm -hmm. have my black girl magic. And Mm -hmm. so I think that whole competition thing needs to stop because we cannot be each other regardless. So even if I refer some of my followers to you, there's something different that you're going to be offering. Even if our things look similar, it's going to have a different spin to it. And then there might be someone that you have that you're, that's following you and you're like, you know what? I don't know if I can really service you, but I know Dolores, like you would be great, a great client for her. And that, mm-hmm. that way we pass on people and then we're servicing them with the actual needs that, you know, they may need based on our secret, you know, Black girl magic sauce. And that's why, you know, walking in your purpose is so important because then you're more confident in what your magic is.
0: Mm. Hmm, I'm I'm with that. Oh gosh, I'm with that. You know, we can talk all day (laughs) because we're just Mm -hmm. kind of weird talking. It's just exchanging and, you know, changing these ideas and these thoughts. And what I love is that for both of us, how we sit and we just marinate on stuff that we've talked about. And I'm just like, hmm. So I'm I'm going to be with this for quite some time, I'm sure, because it's I am flourishing right now with Dolores. Like no kidding, oh, just like man, you. this is beautiful. And I'm I'm excited about who I'm becoming because you exist, because we cross paths, because we talk, and we're and we're candid. Even how you in in many ways encourage me to want to be a better person, a better woman, a better Black woman. You know, more collaborative, and to be a part of my village to build a village even, you know, because sometimes you you can't find a village to be a part of. Just build your own. Um, You know, invite people to come join, you know, but just curious to know now, you know, just, and this is my, and I always say my favorite question because people always excite me with what they say, but I I never gotten the same thing. So that's what makes it even more exciting. What would be the thought or the quote or whatever, the word of wisdom that you would leave leave us with to carry with us for the rest of our lives? Hmm...
1: I love that. Um, lately, it's it's a Bible verse. So lately, I've been really reflecting on Mark 9, 24. And basically, a father was grieving over his really sick son. And, you know, God said something like, you know, don't you believe? And the father like cried out to God saying, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Hmm. And to me, that was just like, oh, we are still becoming Bible verse right there, because Yes, we're acknowledging that like we have faith and we trust in God and our plan. But as humans, we do have unbelief. And so it's pretty much crying out to God to like help me overcome that unbelief. And help me trust. As I talked about a little bit earlier, I'm giving up my plan, whatever plan I have for myself. And I'm letting God control that. I don't want control over that. But there are times where I'm afraid. So then I have to pray, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief and that's real you know so mm. that's definitely a huge takeaway that i hope you know would help someone hopefully let go of control but then also be okay with the realness of sometimes it's a little scary and just you know ask god to help you overcome that mm. i'm with that <laughs>
0: i'm with it just gotta yeah. get these snaps get these snaps <laughs> wow but you have been an absolute joy to have here I love that your life is a testimony to what it means to flourish, and that that's part of the work that you're doing. Be it that it's academic, be it that it's professional, you know, personal. It, it's it's nice to be able to hear the consistency through all that you do. We are definitely cheering you on, and we are here to support you. And for you who is listening, feel free to click the links in the show notes to get to the full notes to be able to connect with Dr. D to learn more about her work, and you know, to just really bask in her greatness because she's great. And that YouTube channel be popping because I be checking in. So (laughs) you know, your energy is amazing. And actually you are encouraging me because I have I mean just to say this and and I know we're wrapping it up, but I am I am just not thrilled about doing a YouTube channel. (laughs) I have been dragging my feet for two months, but you know, listening to you and hearing your perspective on the approach. And the multifaceted way to just show up is even giving me like, all right, just do it. Do it.
1: Yes, so thank you for that. It. I've seen your Instagram videos. So I know you definitely can do YouTube. I appreciate that. I'm just, eh. All right.
0: <laughs> but thank you so much, Dr. D for joining us. We
1: appreciate you. Thank you for having me.